0: Stop the libelous chat! Uh, now we're recording. Subscribe on Patreon to hear libelous <laughs> chat. <laughs> or
1: don't do that. No, don't, don't, don't do that. So uh, you're very welcome to Beneath the Skin, the show about the history of everything told through the history of tattooing. And we are having another Ink Master episode. Matt is considerably less angry in the preamble before we start recording. So uh, Matt, how did you? What's your initial feelings on this episode?
0: Before we start with Ink Master, I want to. On on air and on the record, talk about your nose hair. Okay. So so you you went you went earlier on. You told me for um for a haircut, and you were going to ask them to to wax your ears and nose hair, and they refused to do it with the ostensible reason they told you that they didn't have any of the wax, which I think is a lie. And your nose hair is just is just too th- too thick and and luxurious. Um, either that they didn't want to do it or they couldn't because they would have, you know, they, they they were ethically bound not to, you know, cut down such an old oak forest of gorgeous, glossy Pantene Pro-V supported nostril whiskers.
1: See, uh, unlike my, you know, far left uh, academic co-host, I support small businesses. So <laughs> uh, not only did I accept that they didn't have any wax, I got a good haircut and I left a tip, eight pound haircut, five pound tip you know wow we, we we eight pounds and it's a good haircut as well
0: yeah i go to nose hair nose hairs are us the multinational nose hair trimming business
1: yeah because matt has a strong hairline in his 40s he just is like completely hairless in his nose now he's like a siamese cat in his nasal cavity
0: <laughs> oh what what an image to start with uh what are you
1: drinking tonight thomas uh i had two pints after I got my haircut and came home, um, Matt is slightly late. So I didn't, ha- I didn't buy any beer because I thought I would carry the buzz of the two pints. But ah. uh, these things don't always go to plan. But, you know, I'm still I'm still I'm drinking water. That's what that's what I'm having. What are you having, Matt?
0: I am drinking. Uh, I've, so I've finally drunk all of my wedding IPAs. Um, I had three cans of Amundsen dessert beer last night, which is absolutely lovely. But no one at my wedding liked it. So I had loads and loads of it left so i had like three cans of 10.5% um like basically cake uh in beer form including a beautiful raspberry uh, uh salted caramel cheesecake flavor one beautiful however today i'm onto the lager um uh, brew dogs lost lager um the uh they're basically um like carbon negative uh basically propaganda, propaganda greenwashing in a can is what I'm drinking.
1: Yeah. For the finale, uh, Matt is going to exclusively drink the whiskey that I got him for his wedding. And he's just going to get absolutely hammered by the end of it.
0: There might not be any of it left. I've already had about half a bottle of it. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shout out Method of of Madness. Sponsor the show.
0: So I watched, I watched, uh, I watched uh, Ink Master episode five. Uh, earlier on. And I watched it for the first time with with my partner, Layla. She wanted to watch an episode. (laughs) And so as we go through, I will share some of her thoughts. As a reality TV show aficionado, tattooed woman, but also first time viewer. Um, Initially, when I had to explain who all the sort of people were, and I had to explain that there was one guy on this show called Creepy Jason, she shared my initial surprise about like, is that like, is that creepy nation like pedo Tony or disco Dave was her exact words.
1: <laughs> yeah. The libelous chat didn't, uh, didn't uh, stop before the, uh, the recording started. Yeah. Like I, from, you know, from someone who like is obviously married to a tattoo historian, I would have thought she would have been well up on the weird pseudonyms of tattoo artists going around, but creepy Jason by name, creepy Jason by nature. We'll just leave it at that.
0: Um, well, I, I don't see this is the thing. I don't, I don't really think he, he doesn't seem that creepy. And as you explained to me in week one, he's, he does creepy tattoos. He doesn't, I mean, he had a nice coat on this week as well. The, there's still a lot of 2000 era, 2003 era fashion choices happening, but he, J, Creepy Jason had a lovely um, like fur collar lined um, long coat on this episode, which I very much enjoyed.
1: I noted that I guarantee Matt is going to bring up this f- coat. <laughs> Matt and Creepy nice. Jason love love hats, love uh, you know pork pie, wide brim, any kind of a uh, hat that could have been worn by a Victorian gentleman. Uh, Matt and Jason align on. But so I think the the big thing we need to address, which was the source of all your anger and all your ire <laughs> last week, was the cliffhanger. So yeah. we cut back to exactly where. Was I
0: right or was I right, Thomas?
1: You you were right. You were right. I gotta give it to you. You were right. Are you happy? Are you happy that you're right?
0: No, because it as pointed out, the cliffhanger had nothing to do with the elimination. Um yep. Yep. and they and they messed us around for no good or coherent reason. And though we had a little bit of drama, oh my god, my I've just got custody of my child. It's a big ask.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Anthony has gotten temporary custody of his child, which I don't know that if it's, you know, court ordered or he's just staying with him for the weekend. I don't know what the situation is, but essentially it's been put to all of the returning masters that are you going to stay? Of course, all of them stay. And then it comes to the elimination.
0: We had a brief bit of jeopardy of like, oh, will he stay? Because of course, you—I mean, as I said last week, oh, he's like, oh, my kid's at home. Who's going to pick him up from school? Ah, oh, no, fuck it. $250,000 buys a lot of supplies for his life. So just leave him to fend for himself for a few weeks while I carry out just this. Like, I'm just, sure the court, I'm the sure George. the court, yeah, I'm sure the judge in my custody case won't mind that I've sacked off my child with zero notice. Yeah,
1: exactly. Zero notes. There was no pre-planning or pre-production gone into this show. They found out on the day that they were in competition to win two hundred fifty thousand pounds or dollars.
0: So obviously absurd. And then, as we as we again said, Holly went home. Right, like predictable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's my first note from the episode, other than Jason's coat actually. But the first thing I wrote (laughs) was. So well, one one uh, we, we've got another good theme. So the theme this week is artistry, as opposed to all the mm-hmm. previous weeks when apparently yes. that wasn't the theme.
1: There was no artistry in the previous um, weeks, as we as we know.
0: No, we know that about that. Um, I, I, I learned a lot about um, about this, uh, and then um, Layla pointed out. This was the first note that I wrote after the twist. Layla pointed out that the voiceover in the introduction said something like. This week the the Ink Masters will fight for their lives. And then it was like, are they gonna murder them? Are they gonna murder the one that doesn't doesn't win? Which I thought would be a an interesting that would be real Dave Navarro, you know, that would be real madness.
1: Real master of chaos.
0: Uh yeah. So there was that. And then yeah, so then, then it was then it was this kind of, oh, this week we're gonna test test artistry. Um which again i thought hilariously weren't we doing that all along um, another completely meaningless and stupid theme like i don't know why they bother with the themes because they have nothing to do with anything
1: so i i i have one thing to note when when we start talking about the the flash challenge because the flash challenge this week is essentially they have plastic cups and ink and water and they have to make a design that can be viewed from a scissor lift this is this is something Space. they've done before this is, you know, they did it in season 10 when they all came back. And this is how you know Ink Master is really starting because this is when the brand partnerships <laughs> are coming in, you know, Solo Cup, branded Solo Cups, very visible logo on screen. It will never beat the Taco Bell sponsorship where, you know, Dave Navarro says, you know, Taco Bell is all about living mass, you know, and they embody <laughs> the live mass lifestyle. So, you know, Essentially, they have to make a big image that has to be viewed from above. One thing I will take real issue with is that they don't actually show it from above. They show it from a slight off angle. Like, you think with the budget of this show, 250 grand, they could literally just get a drone. drone. Yeah, Yeah. a drone shot. But anyway, go on.
0: Layla Layla described that um, whole enterprise as um, GCSE art attack. So (laughs) for all of our American or non-British listeners or people that aren't, as old as I am, there used to be a TV show on kids' telly back in the 90s called Art Attack, where a guy called Neil Buchanan, who recently had to deny he was Banksy, because um, this conspiracy theory developed that Neil Buchanan was Banksy. um But Neil Buchanan used to do this basically; he used to like make big pictures, uh, like on beaches and with recycling and all kinds of stuff, and then it would be revealed at the end of the segment of the show that it was actually a big picture you could view from above so yeah Layla described this as nothing that Neil Buchanan hadn't done before
1: but uh, actually I want, I want to take a side note away from Ink Master to talk about Banksy because <laughs> I feel like ba- Banksy is the Ink Master of the art world like when I was in Amsterdam I went and see I went to the Museum of Modern Art they had some Basquiat Murakami uh, Banksy. They had. Uh, is it Jeff Koons that does the shit stuff? Jeff Koons, yeah. Uh,
0: oh, it is Jeff Koons that does the shit stuff. Yeah.
1: The formaldehyde <laughs> shark, that sort of thing.
0: That's that's Damien Hurst, but yeah.
1: Oh yeah, no, they had both. They had both, and they had like loads of pieces of Banksy's art. You know, like of the actual concrete pieces. And I was just looking at it. and I was like, this is just such weak like political commentary this is like very very like you know gcse politics like oh the police are bad oh poverty is bad and it's just like i could get more of a stimulating art experience like watching people you know drunk outside a pub you know that you know that famous picture (laughs) of like yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Sh- that I looks like a Renaissance show that, painting. I actually
0: show that, in my art, I show that in my art history classes. Look, we can't, look, we can't expect Neil Buchanan, um, who is actually Banksy, to, to, to do everything. So, you know, cut him some slack, Tom.
1: Or alternatively, isn't it the theory that he's the guy from Massive Attack as well?
0: What, Neil Buchanan? <laughs> no, Banksy. <laughs> no, yeah. That was the theory.
1: Who do you think is Banksy? As an art historian, who do you think is Banksy?
0: Well, I um I actually work with somebody who works with Banksy and um has worked very closely with Banksy and who has done things with him. So I don't know because it is top secret. But um yeah, it, uh, the. That's about as much as I could say. Basically, I'll tell you when we're not recording.
1: (laughs) As an art historian, then, what is your opinion on Banksy? We're 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 going to come back to Ink Master. We're taking a little Uh, sidetrack.
0: What's my opinion of Banksy? Yeah, like I think it is. It is a little bit on the nose, um, and but you know, people like it. Uh, and you know, that's all right. I think, like, as an art historian, one of the things you learn is, and this is probably becoming in um evident uh, as I go through this podcast talking about tattoos. Actually, well actually, maybe maybe it isn't becoming evident, but we're not that interested in like evaluative judgments, like whether a work of art is good or bad. Um is not that we don't really ask those kind of questions about art really. Like I I think that Banksy is uh and certainly the, the fact that people respond so much to him is interesting. Um let's put it that way. I think, you know, I also to be fair to the guy, uh Some of his politics is a bit naive sometimes, for sure. Uh, But he does like, he puts money into some interesting projects and funds lots of things, both overtly and covertly, that are worthwhile. Um, Like he funded the Waldorf Hotel, the Museum of the Occupation in uh, Bethlehem, like this museum about the Israeli occupation of Palestine, um, which is really interesting. Uh, You know, it has, has a lot of problems with it too, but it's a kind of, you know, something that he didn't need to spend money on. But that is legitimately kind of interesting and gets visitors from all over the world going to look at it and talk about it and you know had had input from both Israelis and Palestinians and makes money for the local region as a as a tourist attraction. So yeah, like I think he's he's not the most interesting political artist uh, ever for sure. But like I think it's there's something interesting about the fact that people respond to him.
1: I mean, the the greatest political artist of our time is uh, is uh, Lawrence Fox. We're just going to say that.
0: No, no. In all seriousness, this is a, not even a joke. The, 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 I think the most, the best political artist of our, our time is the former NFL footballer Colin Kaepernick. Um, even though he wouldn't call himself an artist, um, I do a lecture about that actually. So sign up to do uh, undergraduate or master's degrees at the University of Essex, and you can
1: come and learn. Or support us, at, support us at the uh, fifteen-pound tier on Patreon, and Matt will do uh, art lessons on the Patreon feed for the fifteen-tier. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah, we'll do that. We'll yeah, we'll do that. Also, side note as well, if you're listening, if you sign up with the £15 tier upon the release of Matt's book, you will get a physical copy of his book as well. Uh, Painted People, pre-order it on whatever book service you would like. I'll have links down in the description.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, pre-order it, if you, pre- pre-order it or sign up to the Patreon and we'll send you one when it comes out. Um, and getting it from us will actually be cheaper than buying it from, even from Amazon, where it's discounted from the RRP. So, yeah. And it, it, the book is book is real. It came today. I have two physical copies of it, um, and it's it's weird having a real a real thing.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll never have that. I'm a podcast producer. All my stuff is out in the ether. It doesn't it doesn't actually <laughs> exist. But anyway, the flash challenge back to Ink Master. is des- two designs. So uh, well, we've got Pon teams. And-
0: what do you think about the team picking? Because they because um, uh, Angel and Pon got to pick teams. Yeah, I think.
1: See, I think this is a bit of producer interference. I don't know how much this is like a natural pick for each of the teams. But I think, you know, it like it makes sense in terms of the narrative in the Ludo narrative of the show.
0: Yeah, we get a little bit of uh, a little bit of diegetic drama of who's on what. T- I mean, again, as I've said on previous episodes, probably every previous episode, I don't care. And actually the the um, the, the 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 drama that they're trying to create and with the teams and the who's on my side, like it doesn't really seem to work. Like it's unnecessary. It doesn't seem to add very much. The jeopardy is not really real. You know, like um, they all make big kind of, oh no faces when they get assigned tattoos at the end. But like, I don't think as much as the producers want to create a kind of, you know, meta narrative that the meta game kind of story about who, but like who gets on and who's on what team and all this stuff. I don't care. I don't think the people involved care. The producers sort of don't care either. Um, is that something that like has been a big part of previous seasons, Thomas? Is that something that like, that has like has there been real, has there been real proper? Like, I mean, I say real, real in the context of the show beef.
1: I think so. I There has been like proper beef between contestants in the past. And I think the reason why it feels so forced is that most of these people have competed against each other before they already kind of know each other. They're friendly with each other. So I think it is being forced. Whereas if you look back at previous seasons and if you're listening at home and you remember the previous seasons, there are some like proper blow ups. There's no it it doesn't feel forced in the way that this season does and there's like some interpersonal chaos in the earlier seasons because i think now given that we're living in a a post you know caroline flack world where a duty of care is so much more duty of care is paid towards people who participate in reality television I think that they are much more careful, but I think it is from the fact that most of these people have competed against each other before.
0: Cause also, you know, like in other shows, this is what I mean by the producers not seeming to really care about this in other shows, um, particularly like drag race is a good example where the producers really thrive on kind of generating drama in the edit. Um, some of which is legitimate some of which is is entirely kind of manufactured in the editing room or you know something in between it seems here like that whoever's whoever's trying to edit these these storylines their heart's not really in it <laughs> you know yeah
1: yeah like you you kind of look at like other kind of reality shows and it it you can see kind of a through line in that like people are It's a mix of like their personality and acting as they're playing the game. You know, if we could compare this to Love Island, it's a little bit like that. People understand, like say creepy Jason, creepy Jason understands that he is an antagonist in the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he's not really though, is he? Like we've, we've made fun of him a little bit, but like, I haven't seen much of it in the, in the, in the actual show. And like, even, it's it's,
1: it's all very mild. It's all very, very mild.
0: Yeah, yeah, and considering someone gets murdered at the end of the episode because they're tattooing for their lives, it's very it's yeah. very shocking. <laughs> so
1: the teams are Pawn and Angel. Pawn picks all of the returning masters, so DJ, Steve, Anthony, and Tony, and then Angel picks everyone else else, so that's Bob, Gian, Katie, and Jason.
0: Jason, yeah. And they're going to be creating as um I think uh, one of the judges says, this is going to be a physical expression of their imagination, like as opposed to their tattooing, which is not that like what does that what does that mean? It's a physical expression making a picture out of cops in a team is the physical expression of their imagination um, and we've not seen that before on this show
1: yeah, like the designs are so it's like a Cactus with two uh, maracas with a mustache and a sombrero for Angel's team. And then Pond's team, it's like this kind of face with these lights running out of the eyes. It's very reminiscent of what DJ did in season 10.
0: You know what it is? You know what it is, Thomas? Again, I quote directly, um, uh, it's a story of enlightenment. Yes, according to Miss Ryan Ashley. Yeah, Clontary right, Ashley, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a story of enlightenment, man. Don't, don't, don't do that down.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it, like, uh, it, I can understand what this is trying to test. It's trying to test, like, you know, how readable is a design from a certain distance away, and obviously they have to mix, you know, color grades with the water to get shading and. They have think of overall composition, which is hard to do when you're trying to design something on the ground that's meant to be readable from only like ten feet above. So, uh, funnily enough, the like they go along and Pawns team are kind of arguing. Obviously, this is kind of a setup that when you have like big personalities and like people with a lot of talent together, that creates you know a bit of friction. Fair enough. The most accurate thing about this whole sequence. Is the fact that Steve has to sit down because his back hurts? Yeah. that is the most accurate <laughs> thing to tattoo artists. Is that your back hurts? Yeah,
0: the other thing that made me laugh is that um, when they put the two scissor lifts up at once, one of them nearly fell over and killed everyone involved. Which <laughs> again, a little bit, a little bit of jeopardy.
1: I also have a note here that Joel Madden is a pop, a pop punk Matt Lauder.
0: <laughs> Why did you say that?
1: Just like. Like he's wearing like a Prada nylon bomber jacket. You know, he has like the the snapback and everything. It's just kind of like in another life, in another world. That's that's what a Dr. Matt Lauder would look like.
0: Girl, girls don't like boys. Girls like cars and money. That's that's the wisdom that I learned uh, from yes. John Madden. And the lifestyles
1: of the rich and the famous. Um, And also that uh, apparently it's socially acceptable to go out with Hillary Duff when she's 16, when you're 25. Um, But we'll move on. Um, on. Who did did
0: you think won that? I I thought they were a bit harsh on the um, um, cactus thing, but I did agree that it did look a bit like a sticker and a piece of restaurant art and um like Layla, Layla hated the uh, story of enlightenment piece again she was like that's very it's what you draw in a gcse uh art final you know i agree so with deep. her i agree with her but I, I just thought technically it was much better like it was all, like, all the gradient all the shading all the like it was just a bit harder to do and i think if we're gonna judge anything on this kind of task it's it's that it's exactly those kind of things you were talking about with like thinking about scale and thinking about composition and stuff
1: you know yeah and like I I would have given it to the cactus I think I thought it was like a much more interesting use of different colors and yeah it looks like a restaurant sticker but you know i've I found that like to get a piece like to do a head you understand okay you have to have like gradients of shades of gray and white coming out and I just think it was like a little bit. I don't know. It was a little bit boring for artists that good, but they won. So
0: yeah, and then we had. So then um, we had. So Pond's team then won. So Pond then got to kind of do the skull challenge, and then again, I, I he said. We well, were talking the little bit of drama. Who's on the? Who's on what team? He said. Keep your en, keep your friends, cl- keep keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. And I was like, that makes literally no sense in the context of it. The- I mean, it's a, it doesn't make as much sense as a cliche, but like in the context of this competition, it makes literally no sense whatsoever. What does it mean to keep your enemies close? I don't get, I don't, I don't get what he was trying to say. It's be, it's it's because
1: Gian was like a little bit hurt that his Bezy mate Pawn didn't pick him to be on his team. You know you know, hurt feelings, you know, we, we hate to see a king fall down, but then we get to the elimination challenge. And I feel like we're going to have a lot to say about this. So
0: the ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate test of artistic ability, the ultimate test, could Banksy do a new school and black and gray realist mashup landscape? I don't think so. Thomas, maybe you're right. He's not the greatest living artist.
1: So essentially, they get told New School Landmarks, they've done this before, but then the master of chaos, Dave (laughs) Navarro trapped in a TV, comes down from the screen and says, you have to do a mashup tattoo of New School Landmarks mashed up with black and gray realism. Are you ready for some terrible tattoos?
0: No one has ever seen that before, Thomas. No one has ever seen that. No one's ever seen New School whatever that is. Layla, Layla was like, what's new school? What's, what's illustration? What's the traditional? And I was like, I'm going back and listen to the podcast. Um, she, doesn't, she obviously doesn't listen uh, to the podcast. But, you know, no one's ever seen that before, Thomas, right? A completely new innovation in tattooing. New school with black and grey in the same tattoo. And just, it's, it's the ultimate test of artistry. It's the ultimate test of artistry.
1: Is the ultimate test of intentionally giving someone a bad tattoo? That's what it is. Like, the like, this, well, uh, like, uh, whatever about the ethics of people getting tattoos on this show, I think this really tests the limit because, like, these are all just such ugly tattoos.
0: Yeah, pretty much all of them weren't great. Like, I also think that, um, uh, like, th- weirdly, although the, the, I was being a bit sarcastic then. This is a bit of a trope. Like if you follow tattoos on Instagram or tattoo Instagram pages in general, like kind of black and gray with a bit of color in as a little visual trick is a, is a bit of a trend right now. Like it's a bit of a thing and some some artists do it brilliantly and some do it very poorly. It's also
1: the entirety because of Ryan Ashley's husband's like entire thing is. Oh, who's her husband? I don't gray, know He's- uh, I'll, I'll let let me look it up. Let me look it up. Uh, we're we're pausing. I just got a Instagram notification that Yoji Yamamoto was live on Instagram.
0: How's he live on How's he live on Instagram? He's dead. Well,
1: the 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 house is is live. <laughs> the, the call like, is holy shit! From what, a way to, the house. what a way
0: to break it! What a way to break the existence of an afterlife. Yoji Yamamoto goes live on Instagram from hell. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think his name is Arlo D. Christina. Um, And his whole thing is like black and gray realism with like color mixed in and everything. I think this is her husband, as far as I know. Um, Yes, it is. But yeah, that's his whole thing. But he does it well. Whatever about your personal assessment of whether you like it or not, it is done well.
0: Yeah, well, I think... I think it probably can be done. Interestingly, I mean, I think their whole again, not to repeat ourselves, but like the whole the whole definition of new school, I have a problem with. But like, kind of interesting, like mix of color and black and black and gray, a mix of realism and cartoony or, or or traditional is funny and interesting and postmodern and kind of cool and like you know, like something again that it has some history to it in a way. Like you know, you can think of um, people doing that uh, over the years. So yeah, like it it was funny to me that they made out it was this huge this huge thing um, this ultimate test of artistry like, oh my god some of it's got to be black and grey and realistic and some of it's got to be not that oh my <laughs> god
1: hey are you enjoying the show if you really like Beneath the Skin and you want to help support us you can do so on Patreon for little as five quid a month you can help make this show possible help us buy research materials So if you like the show and you want to support us, consider kicking us a few quid a month and you'll get everything from bonus episodes to Q&As and you can even vote on what tattoo I'll get when we reach a certain subscriber count. Matt, have you got anything to say?
0: You should really definitely uh, fund the Patreon because tattoo history is massive, right? Deep, wide, complicated. We're covering some big hit topics on the main feed, but on the Patreon subscriber only feed, we'll be getting into some really more interesting niche deep topics you don't want to miss out on and honestly the chance to kind of decide what thomas gets on his body is probably just a once in a lifetime opportunity subscribe chuck us a few quid don't miss out on this chance to ruin thomas's body forever
1: everyone knows that tattoo aftercare is one of the most important steps in getting a new tattoo we all want our fresh new tattoos to heal as easily and hassle-free as possible so we can show them off to the world
0: that's why Sanoderm's here to help driven by science and innovation sanoderm products have been thoroughly tested and used by doctors and tattoo artists alike for over 10 years
1: sanoderm brings cutting-edge technology to make your tattoo healing process a breeze no more messing around with cleaning and plastic every few hours with sanoderm's amazing range of aftercare products I personally have used Sanoderm to heal my tattoos in the past and they made what used to be a daily process of setting reminders on my phone to clean and rewrap my tattoo into a one-step process.
0: Their medical-grade products include aftercare balms, soaps, and my favourite, their second skin aftercare bandages. Sanoderm's tattoo bandages are designed to be waterproof, breathable, and keep your new tattoo protected from whatever the elements can throw at it so you can get on with your day worry-free. And confident your new tattoo will look vibrant and will heal faster.
1: Plus, their products are all natural and ethically sourced, so you can take comfort in knowing that you're healing your tattoos with nature's finest ingredients.
0: So next time you're in an artist's chair, why not try Sanoderm? Healing your tattoos the modern way so you can get on with your day.
1: Check out the link in the description of this episode for discounts on a range of Sanoderm products or for more information. So the the canvases come in and... Here are the landmarks. I'm missing one of them because I didn't know what it was. Oh, no. Um, they, yeah, but- they didn't
0: actually say two of them. They didn't name two of them until the end. They didn't name uh, oh. uh, Pon and Bob's ones until they revealed them at the end. But I've got the whole list if you want me to go through them.
1: Yeah. Do you want to go through them?
0: So uh, we have uh, we have the De Groot Windmill, which is in Amsterdam. Um, uh, really kind of famous, um, uh, I think 17th century uh I'm gonna look this up just so I can be sure. Uh, uh, we're milton in Amsterdam. Uh, we had um, which Steve did. Uh, we had um, the little white house in Quebec, which again I'd never heard of before, but um, is a really interesting little story. I learned. You know, I'm, we're we're laughing, we're learning here with um, Ink Master. The, the this little um, house in Quebec, it was basically flooded. Uh, when a dam broke in 1900 and didn't, didn't get destroyed. And then there was another flood in the nineties and this house was like the last house standing in the whole Valley. Um, so it's now a museum to flooding um, and becomes this kind of symbol of like resilience and you know, all that like it's kind of a Lotus flower, I guess Or this, you know, it's, it's a it's a good, ironically, quite a good, um, a good symbol for, for a tattoo, actually metaphorically speaking. Um, the Daguya windmill dates from uh, 1609. There we go. Uh, then we had then we had Neuschwanstein Castle, which Bob did, which is Ludwig the Second of Bavaria's castle, like basically what the Walt Disney castle is based on. Uh, then we had uh, Katie doing the Forbidden City uh, in China. We had Jian doing the Sphinx. Uh, we had DJ doing the Statue of Liberty. We had Anthony doing the Acropolis um, in Greece. Um, We had uh, Tony doing Chitsun Ilsa, which is a Mayan um, uh, pyramid, basically. A ziggurat, actually, to be technical. Um, Then we had Angel doing Machu Picchu in Peru. Um, And then we had Jason doing the Golden Gate Bridge in in San Francisco.
1: Yep. And a couple of them had specific... uh... Criteria with them, so the Golden Gate Bridge was meant to transition halfway the Forbidden City, which is Katie's statue, had to have a new school dragon um anthony and i i'm gonna I want to say something about this afterwards uh had the Acropolis, but it had to have a Zeus head above it, and he wanted it on his ribs and was adamant about it. The statue of Liberty I got real uh, wanted- I got real
0: like I got real like um uh like white supremacist avatar vibes from that guy probably unfairly
1: see (laughs) see my 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 thing of it like the black and gray realism zeus head or like greek statue thing is the new version of like the clocks and roses and lion head tattoo like that is the new version of that
0: is it is it
1: yeah i i like if you go to the gym you will see a hundred of these tattoos in the space of a week, like it's gonna be like a Zeus head, or it's gonna be some sort of Greek statue. I saw someone with a Juliet.
0: Didn't he? The guy did say at one point when um he was trying to be dissuaded from this from the head, from the Zeus head, he went, Cool, well, can I have a just a bearded guy? And it was like, What, well, as opposed to like an accurate representation of Zeus? that's <laughs> like, just enough. Yeah. Just if you can't do a Zeus, do me a bearded guy. And it's like, mm, dude, come on.
1: Yeah. And like, but like those, those tattoos, and I think uh, like as black and gray realism has become so much more prevalent, I think so, that has kind of like overtaken like the Zeus head with like clouds and lightning, like big kind of like marble statues. I saw, and I know it's not Greek, but I saw some with a Julius Caesar bus tattoo the other day and I was like, why? Just why?
0: Well, we know, we know why. You know why.
1: <laughs> yes he he's very passionate about roman history yeah so yeah and like the statue of liberty tattoo she wanted like a new school torch face and crown like a lot of like mishmash stuff but we kind of get down to the tattooing everyone kind of starts in the like initial consultation anthony is trying to talk to the guy like talk him out of getting it on his ribs and he has like his whole upper arm on one of his arms completely free, and he's like, "Oh, do you want to get it there?" And he's like, "No, I want to save that for something special." And I'm like, "And you're getting this on your ribs, the most painful place."
0: Quibbling about it, and it's like, if you want that, don't come on a TV show like for a presumably. I mean, do, do the do the quite human canvases pay for their toes? I guess maybe nope, they do.
1: No, or? they're all free.
0: Are they? So you're getting a you're getting a, you're getting a pretty good. You know, in the in the whole pretty average, better than average. Let's put it that way. Tattoo for free. If you want to be really specific and 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 quibble, like don't come on a TV show where the whole
1: freaking
0: jeopardy of the show is to ensure that you get a shit tattoo. Like the whole program is set up to ensure you get a bad tattoo. Don't make it harder for the artists (laughs) than it needs to be. Yeah.
1: So they get tattooing, and Tony is left drawing for like another hour because he's trying to figure out because i i sent you a text about this is like hmm tony the only uh latin artist got a latin land, a very significant uh mexican landmark you know
0: yeah yeah and and like- he,
1: he did he did mention it to say that like oh you know it's important for me and i understand that maybe he wanted to take his time to make sure it was right but like the thing with something like that is like, there's so many like straight lines and the composition is so important or else it would look like a blob.
0: I'm surprised. I mean, like one of the things I like about this show, here we go. Look, I'm going to be positive. One of the things I like about this show for once. Um, is that it doesn't kind of over-narrativize its tattooing. So I wrote an article a very long time ago. Um, that's on my research gate for a magazine that we published about tattooing on television. And it was like really when Miami Inc first started, and it was about how tattoo television of that kind of the Miami Ink, LA Ink style wasn't really about tattooing. I mean, I don't think Ink was about tattooing either. But Miami Ink wasn't about tattooing. It was about the stories of the people who were getting tattooed, and every single tattoo was like a dead relative or a dead pet. And people ended up like really essentially kind of. And there's been some interesting actual academic work on this um, by a guy called Michael Atkinson. But basically, like it ended up with people wanting a cool tattoo. And then thinking I had to come up with a story for it post-hoc, right? So, oh, I want, a, I want these cool f- three flaming skulls, like one for my mom, one for my dad, and one for my puppy who died of doggy cancer, right? And um, so I really, I really like the fact that Ink Master doesn't do that. And it, it, does, it does really treat the recipients of tattoos as, as much as canvases as possible, Again, I've written a lot about that uh, about that problem in tattooing, and it has implications for things like copyright law on tattoos, which is super interesting. But I do like the fact that we don't learn much about the um, you know the, the people who are getting tattooed, and and we don't expect every quote unquote canvas to have a have a huge story about why they want a specific specific design. But like for example, you know like the story of the little white house in quebec which i'd never heard of before and i'm sure lots of people who are watching the show hadn't heard of it before it's not a major landmark by any it's certainly not on the level of the statue of liberty but it's a super interesting little story and they didn't mention it at all or why that person wanted it or what it might symbolize you know maybe they did do that in the in the on the day and it just didn't make the edit but i'm i'm surprised that where we have moments like and and, and particularly the the um, chichenitza uh story you know why not if even if just tony's been there cut to him let him talk about what it means Uh, you know have a little bit of kind of i don't know content here because it's a genuinely that's a to me a genuinely interesting set of stories um again maybe i'm not the tip i'm definitely not the typical viewer of this program as a phd tattoo historian um but like yeah I, i thought i thought that was an interesting missed opportunity but maybe that's um part of this what's clearly a deliberate decision not to narrativize the tattoos which otherwise i i find quite compelling you know
1: yeah and like i think that is like it's something the show has always kind of done that the tattoos are treated just as tattoos they're not and it's something that you i encounter quite a lot when like talking to people who want tattoos it's more often people it's people who want tattoos but haven't got them yet and they feel this kind of weight of their first tattoo has to have like so much meaning or wh- whatever number of tattoos they already have they feel like they have to always have meaning and it's like i've said on the show before you know your first one's probably going to be your worst but it's one you're going to remember the most fondly
0: yeah and and, and layla pointed out uh, at this stage it, it doesn't give anyone a chance to have their own style right because this was the first time she'd ever seen and everyone's been forced to do this weird mashup of two styles and many of them didn't specialize in either of them, let alone both at the same time. And again, I thought that was a kind of really interesting observation for someone who was watching the show for the first time, because people, as you said, like who aren't tattooed or who aren't heavily tattooed, learn about tattoo culture and things from these programs. And that certainly happened with Miami Inc. You know, tattooers have told me that people would go in and probably still do and give these huge stories about every single little detail that they want in their tattoo that they think it has to have a quote unquote meaning. Um, and I wonder if this, although as misleading as Miami Inc. was, I think this is maybe misleading in another way. That you are you are you going in and you're very specific about the kind of thing you want, and then you're expecting the artist that you're going to to be the right person for that weird commission. You know, like I wonder if it's sort of teaching a different wrong story about the reality of of what it means to get tattooed. But again, maybe that's an unreasonable expectation to have from a reality TV show. I don't know.
1: I think instead uh, of listening to those shows, you should listen to this show instead and learn everything about that doing from this show uh, and listen to me and Matt. Who, who would you prefer to listen to? Ami James or Dr. Matt Lauder?
0: Oh, well, but that's why not both. Why not Yeah, both? why not both? I was like, here's, here's the other weird thing. The judges also weirdly don't have much to do on this program, which I also find quite interesting compared to, again, let's say a show like um, Bake Off, which I'm happen- which is a new series that started in the UK, and I'm watching with Layla. Um, on that show, you know, we'll learn from um, Paul Hollywood and and Prue about how to make cake and like what is likely to go wrong and like what we get from Nico, Ryan, and Army. All three of whom are phenomenal tattooers. Um, is sort of cliche, you know, all oh, this is tricky or this is the hardest artistic challenge ever, when actually. I want, for example, Nico, who's an amazing, like the best, in my opinion, like colour realism artist, to talk about like, why it's difficult to do colour realism, why it's difficult to do realism on the scale, like, to, to actually do that kind of thing that, the same reason they get footballers to do colour commentary on football games, to to have this sort of player perspective. And I, I don't, like, there's not much difference in, in terms of the uh, contribution to the programme from Joel Madden, uh, a tattoo collector, Um, and the three artists you know like I want I want a bit more from them Um, I don't know maybe again maybe this is my this is my thing I want this to be a show about tattooing and it isn't
1: but this is something that you'll notice a lot more uh, when we eventually get to watching other series or uh, other seasons in this show because like in other seasons they do actually like critique the actual technique like the line weights how solid colors in how solid the lines are the composition this feels like they're just saying like is it good is it bad and it's funny like when we move on to the critiques that's kind of what we get you know first up was katie and i just thought that this tattoo was rough like the skin looked tore up and like that, that is something that in previous seasons they would get dinged for. Like they yeah. would like,
0: and I thought it was, I thought it was conceptually one of the strongest executed. Um, I thought angels was up there as well in terms of the, the way that it was sort of the way that the, um the logic of the interacting styles were, were juxtaposed. I thought that, that what Katie did was clever. It fitted, it worked. It was too busy. I think it was probably too small. For what she was trying to do, um, the only the
1: only one that did anything relatively small as well.
0: Yeah, I I think I I, I liked it. As I said, I I liked it as a um, as a composition and as a as a piece of sort of justificatory uh, you know d- design language. Like there was a reason for it to be the way it was and. It told the story. I mean, it it, it was a bit, as I said it was a bit small and a bit fussy for my liking. Um, and I think, yeah, we'll take your, I'll take your, again, I didn't look super closely at the at the um uh at the technique of it. Actually, I should do more of that. But like I thought, given a weird brief and given a silly, you know, arbitrary sort of set of constraints, I thought she did a pretty good job. She is, I think, the cleverest. I don't mean that in a rude. Yeah, int- you hundred percent, hundred percent. As a tattooer, I think she's just really clever. She can work within the brief. She 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 knows what she can do and what she can't do, and she fits her designs into her own understanding of her craft. Like I think that was just a clever response to a really absurd yeah. and difficult brief. Um, and I think your critique was right. It's it's not the best tattoo ever, but like I I I, I appreciated it. Um. certainly in the context of some of the other, some of the other ones.
1: Yeah. And like uh, on on like the, the skin trauma, this is something that I, I suppose this belays the point of this entire show that are two different perspectives of you coming out at it from a artistic standpoint. And I'm coming from it much more as a consumer. So I look at that and I think like, that's going to really hurt healing. How well is it going to heal? Like, how much of the color is going to be consistent after it heals. And I, I just think it kind of let her down the design on a pure design perspective was interesting. Not a hundred percent executed well, but out of my, all of them quite good. Bob Bob's castle was the, it's the Bavarian castle. It reminded me of like, no, Tim Burton's Stein, yeah. psycho, it reminds me of like Tim Burton's psychonauts, you know, kind of look.
0: I wrote down for that that it was timid, and I think like that's sort of what um what Nico said as well, like he was like he didn't really push it very hard like it was a bit um again like nicely tattooed. I think it it didn't quite work perspectively, like he had to kind of justify that, and he was sort of covering his ass a bit in front of- but I thought it was a bit restrained, and i I wished he'd gone weirder and harder with it um Yeah, I think it was just a bit. It was a bit timid. But again, maybe the maybe the 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 complexity of the brief otherwise engenders some of that timidity. I think most of them, uh, maybe even all of them, but certainly most of the designs were pretty. um They pulled a lot of punches, and and I thought Bob on that pulled some punches. Don't you?
1: Yeah, I think like the purple in it, I thought was quite good. I design wise i felt that it was a little bit flimsy and i think that yeah exactly it's like that hesitation and i think that is not really the type of work that he works in so i can understand it for a lot of people i can kind of understand them being quite timid with the design um i i thought it i thought it was good i thought it was interesting i thought he kind of stuck with what he was meant to do quite well. So, you know, yeah, kudos for trying.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, like, I, I couldn't think of any specific names, but I've definitely seen this kind of stuff come over my Instagram feed. It's not the stuff that I'm really obsessed with myself, so I don't tend to take, you know, I'm not not there's not loads of artists that I follow in this style, but I do see it occasionally come up on my Instagram feeds, and it's something, this kind of blend of, like, realism and trad or realism and illustrative or whatever is something that's pretty fun. And it's, a, it's a shame that yeah, all of these artists felt a bit constrained by the challenge. Um,
1: yeah. And then we have pawn. What do you think of pawns tattoo?
0: Uh, I made, um, literally no notes on that. Uh, other than because I think it was just a bit like forgettable, right? Like he, he, he didn't really delineate the, the realism and the color bit. I mean, a lot of them didn't do that. It it wasn't sort of half and half, right? Like the the waves lapping at it, sort of creating a frame. I mean, as you know, as I say, it's such of all of them. It was something such an interesting. It's not the most recognisable as a landmark. Probably the least recognisable as a landmark. It's just a kind of little white house. But it's such an interesting visual metaphor for the, of the kind of thing that tattoos have a lot of. You know, like as I said, lotus flowers. These you know these these flowers that emerge from the dirt, perfectly clean. Are a beautiful tattoo design because they their iconography and their symbolism is very simple. Same with the rose, right? Like this beautiful, soft feminine flower. That's also spiky and dangerous and, um, you know, encompasses those dualities, the kind of like little house that survived two major floods in a hundred years and stands as this Testament. Like it's a beautiful piece of symbology. And again, I think he undersold it. It just looked like a sort of slightly badly done tattoo of a house or, a, a, you know, that 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 upset me because i think there was a lot of there's a lot of narrative in that story that would work really nicely for a tattoo and he didn't um maybe he didn't know about it uh possibly i said it's a canadian but he he was he was like picking the thing so he you know, picked the one he absolutely wanted to do i don't know it's weird
1: yeah and like i i, I agree with the judge's critique that the the shade of blue he used for the water is the same as the house, and it kind of makes it a little bit, you know, difficult to read. But I just said that it was rough. The skin was a little bit rough, you know. I think I don't think anyone really did not beat up the skin in this challenge. Like D, like DJ. Um, next, you know, his Statue of Liberty. You no, know, the I thought it was. Re- really good i thought it was the best application this yeah, is my challenge. favorite was
0: my, i mean again it's 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 the kind of thing that tattooers do a lot of uh if you've done trad tattooing you've done a charge of liberty before um it wasn't super realistic uh in the black and gray bit but it was a it was a really good composition color and and, and line and shape worked really nicely it was my favorite of all the pieces on the day
1: yeah, like, I, I thought it was really good. The one, one critique I would have is that the color was a little bit flat in the new school, quote-unquote new school section. But, look, you know, I, I think it was the best of a bad bunch. Then we have Anthony. Um, I, my oh, notes let's are, talk
0: about this.
1: So let me re- My notes are, lol, this is so bad. And then this looks like teeth. This looks like smoker's teeth.
0: I was a hundred percent, and Layla was too, hundred percent convinced that he was going home because he got a lot of the edit to talk about his son, which is often a good like shorthand on a reality show for uh, uh, someone who's going, a contestant that's going home. If someone gets a lot of the edit, particularly early in the season as well, you can be like, well, that means that they're going home because it's the last time we'll see them, and they wanted to tell that story about about them. Um, but spoilers, he didn't go home. Um, I think. I don't you know. We'll talk about the comparison between the two worst bottom in a minute. But like, I just thought this was absolutely. I mean, again, shitty customer, t- terrible placement, completely absurd limitations. Because I mean, it, ironically, it, I think he would have done better to keep the head in and do the head in a, in one style and the yeah. in another, which might have saved it. But it the blending was again timid didn't make any sense like two of the dimensions were colored and there was no logic of the blend or the clash of styles uh it was badly tattooed as nico said it looked like there was a cover-up at the top um, in the clouds when jo- joel said oh this would be part of a cool bodysuit, no it won't what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about get out like nonce it was completely unreadable it, Matt. it was it was unreadable um the lightning again was like weird and timid, and again, if you could have put a big new school illustrative freaking f- cartoony lightning yeah, flash like on the, it, like for the, example, the, the
1: lightning wasn't even the lightning wasn't even readable in the tattoo. Like it, it, it kind of just like oh, is this kind of like a lighting lighting effect on the edge of the Acropolis? It just ah.
0: yeah, I I mean, again, I think like he knew he did a bad job there, but I, I don't hold him responsible. But I feel I think. I mean, it was pretty close between that and Steve's windmill, but like, I really thought he was going home to his to his child, who who, as far as we know, is now sitting at home waiting. Daddy, when's Daddy coming home? Like staring at the staring at the <laughs> staring at the door with the with the TV on in the background and the fridge, you know, with an empty carton of milk and an empty carton of cornflakes, just waiting for their dad to come home. They've been abandoned by their mother, but dad's got custody. Ink Master
1: is uh, responsible for child neglect.
0: Yeah, and they they're just sitting at home. (laughs)
1: And next we have Gian, who, funny enough, I think Gian's tattoo, the new school portion of it, is actually the perfect example of new school. Like it's sticker like, it's kind of cartoony. It's like
0: yeah, again, something that has a lot of a lot of pop cultural and cultural recognizability, right? Like, unlike he he did the
1: Sphinx. In case you can't remember.
0: The Sphinx, yeah. So unlike, for example, the um, the Quebec uh, Petit Maison Blanche, like even unlike Machu Picchu or um, Chichen Itza, actually, like the Sphinx is so recognisable. And so you can you can distort it and play with it a bit more. I mean, again, he was pretty safe. He didn't do much of that. Um, it was quite kind of uh, a bit of a it was quite on the nose, but that's OK. tattooing often is. I I didn't think that he did anything other than did half of it in black and gray other than like, there wasn't a change in style. The back end of the Sphinx black and gray, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't in a different style to the front half.
1: Yeah. I agree with Ryan that if he had have used like slimmer lines on the black and gray portion, he could have got more of like a blend in the shades and it would have looked a little bit better. But I think this is kind of, Showing the limitations of a lot of people's skills in that, like, gian kind of used the lining of a neo trad tattoo on a black and gray tattoo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's a perfectly legitimate thing to be doing if you're telling me that style. You know, a lot of like Chicano stuff, for example, would be in that style. A lot of illustrative black and gray would be in that style. But, like, he didn't, there was no distinguishing between the two styles. um But, and so, you know, ultimately it was weird because. Of, if, if you didn't know that this was a tattoo produced for this weird brief on Ink Master, that it doesn't make any sense that half of it's not in color and half of it's you know is like that's why I thought that what Katie did and what um what Angel did in particular worked really well because that keeps the storytelling of the piece legible, even if you don't know it was a result of a weird brief on a t- reality TV show,
1: yeah. And next, we're going to talk about Angel, who I like, I think had Machu Picchu and did it like quite cleverly like Katie in that the foreground of the tattoo is in new school color. And then the background is kind of like a torn photograph in like black and gray, you know, really good, smart use of the brief, the, like the composition of the new school section, I thought was quite good. And uh, the colors a little bit flat in my mind, but I think what, like, one of the standouts alongside DJ of yeah entire... i think it was i
0: mean it's good that 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 white outlining which a lot of them have done white ink over time particularly in white skin ages to yellow i've got tattoos that were you know that were done with white ink they're much creamier and yellower now um than they were the day they were done and i think like outlining something in white which is a real kind of new school thing um is not necessarily the the, the um the most like long term move, but I thought it was I thought it was good I thought it was again clever I thought like it shows for example what um Anthony could have done right a big cartoon Zeus in front of a realistic uh, Acropolis or a big cartoon lightning bolt uh, or you know like yeah Angel Angel what's the what's the 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 TikTok thing like she understood the brief oh she Angel, understood Angel the assignment Angel understood, understood the assignment that's it.
1: Um yeah, then we have Jason. Do you know what? It was well done. You know, Jay for better or worse, Jason is a good artist. Um and the Golden Gate Bridge was well done. The transition was good. He understood the, the cartoony element of it. I don't have much to say other than that it it was good. Tony, for the fact that Tony had minimum an hour less than everyone else, this is like this is a good tattoo. Does it really fit? Why did the he have an hour left than doesn't? everyone else? Because he he spent more time drawing it. So he took oh, it. Yeah. You can take yeah, yeah, extra yeah. time okay. to draw the tattoo. And just like, it's a good tattoo. Is it new school? Don't know.
0: Well, it had this little, again, like apologetic corner. Um, and I thought, and he, this is again what I mean by timidity, right? Like what I liked about Katie and Angel. Um, and DJ, I suppose, too, is that they really kind of lent into it and they were like, what can this brief give me artistically, um, compositionally, storytelling-wise? Um what 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 uh what Tony did was like do a do a chits and and then just do a little corner of it that was in black and gray. Yeah. Yeah. Just to sort of vaguely fulfill the brief. And I just think that is a bit lazy. Um yeah.
1: Then I suppose we have to talk about one of the other worst tattoos of the week, Steve, with the windmill. Like the, the new school stuff, I think, was okay executed. Um, but the way he worked the black and grey into it was rather than like slicing the windmill down the middle, doing one side and one side, he tried to like mix it on the actual fans, blades of the windmill. And it just, like, it looked messy. It looked hard to read. You didn't really know what was going on.
0: Layla and I had a good conversation about this because I I think we were both pretty convinced that Anthony's was the worst for the reasons I've already said and that he was going to go home. Um, And then, like, the more I looked at that windmill, the more I was like, uh, no, it's... But then Layla pointed out, like, again, that works as a kind of standalone tattoo in a way that the Acropolis didn't. Um, it was at least readable. I mean, it was weird, and it didn't fulfil the brief. And it, the, the 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 limits of the brief, or the kind of parameters of the brief, made a good, a possibly good tattoo worse um, than it needed to be, which is not what you want really from a brief. But like, yeah, I I thought that um, it was definitely close. And the more I looked at that, as I said, the worse the worse I thought it was. But but both me and me and Layla were kind of in in agreement that anthony's was 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 worse yeah
1: so anthony tony and steve all in the bottom three tony kind of is the first one to be saved because they all kind of agree like it is a good tattoo the other two aren't necessarily good tattoos
0: yeah like again i think i think that's generous to tony but he definitely was the best of those three for sure
1: then you know you have a back and forth between anthony and steve you know Anthony kind of admits that this wasn't his best work and is essentially saying, like, I have more in me. You know I can do more. And it comes down to it. And, Matt, who's going home?
0: Well, as we said, yes, um, Anthony is saved, um, much to the chagrin of his poor, hungry child. Um, and and Steve is off, off home to deal with his his bad back, which, again, like... I understand, but it does, again, leave the show with a much narrower range, again, a narrow range of styles um, and artistic instincts. Like, Steve, from what I saw from him, again, not having seen the show before, not having seen the one when he, he won, um, it was clear that he was doing something a bit, something different from what's on this uh, this series. You know, he's doing kind of, as we said, like Bob Tyrrell, Paul Booth, the Orsifer style stuff. Um and with him gone, we, 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 we're going to have this quite narrow range. I did laugh, really, really laugh, when Joel said, "You have not got what it takes to be an Ink Master," and he went, "Yes, I do. Like I won the last <laughs> series."
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So that is this week. Do you week's think that was a fair decision?
0: Do you think that was fair?
1: I, uh, I, if it was me, I would have sent Steve and Anthony home. <laughs> I don't think. It, and it has happened before that two people get sent home, but I I understand the limitations of Anthony's because you have a difficult client with difficult brief and a difficult placement. Like, doing that on the ribs on its own is commendable. Steve's, I think he just overcomplicated it, and that's the thing with this show. When you overcomplicate it, usually you go home.
0: Yeah, right. I think that's a good that's a good lesson for the future. And I see next week from the coming next week trailer that we've got to deal with um, throat tattoos next week, which is very exciting.
1: As uh, I do not have a throat tattoo, Matt does, so uh, I I'm excited for your uh, experience and uh, expertise in this area.
0: Well, I do, and also again, one of these things is like if I'm if I'm getting my throat tattooed. And I'll tell you my throat tattoo story next week. But I'm not getting it done by someone who's, again, who's deliberately being set up to do it badly. (laughs) Like, that seems like a really, really bad decision. If you want to get your throat tattooed, get it done under better circumstances. Yeah, I
1: can't really agree with uh, that being a good thing. But yes, so thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Ink Master. Uh, we need to come up with a unique name for this. Also, I just noticed that the jumper that Matt is wearing makes him look like a Fallout Pip-Boy.
0: What? A what? What? You know the Pip-Boy
1: Pip-Boys from Fallout? No. You don't play games because you are Computer old. game Fallout? Uh, yes.
0: Okay, no, I don't know that. Is that a good thing? Look. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to look this up. Seeing if you just insulted me to my face. Pip-Boy, did you say? Yeah. Uh I mean, they have cool watches by the, by the
1: looks of it. Um, let me see if I can find one. But yeah, they just have like the little white ring around and the, or is it the vault boy? I, I look, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Ink Master. If you want to find the show online, you can do so on Twitter at BeneatskinPod. Oh, if it's you enjoyed a, it's this a vault episode, boy.
0: Check- I've seen this guy. Okay. Vault yeah. boy. Yes. Yeah, there we go
1: um if you if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more listen to our back catalog we've had some great episodes come out recently they're all great but we've had some particularly great episodes um and if you want to hear some more bonus content uh you can hear extra episodes every month two extra episodes per month on the patreon for as five quid a month and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Goddard.guynes. That's G-U-Y-N-E-Y-S. Matt, where can everyone find you? Also, buy Matt's book. Buy it, buy, yeah. it, buy it, buy it, buy it.
0: at Matt Lodder. So the book, Painted People, is out uh, on the 27th of October. Um, you can buy it from all the usual places, Amazon, local bookshops. Uh, you know, um, but if you would like to subscribe to the Patreon at the £15 tier, um, we will send you... Um, Along with all the other perks for being a member, um, we will send you a signed copy of the book um, when it comes out. Uh, Yeah, so it's a cheaper way to get the book and support the podcast. And um, yeah, we hope we hope that um, you'll consider doing that and supporting what we're doing because we've got uh, a lot of fun things um, already in the bank and and coming up. We did a great interview with Maya Luk Jakobsen, an Inuit tattooer, an anthropologist. We had an amazing chat with Aaron. Uh, dita wolf an um, archaeologist of tattooing we're going to be chatting to more tattooers we're going to be talking about loads of topics we've got an episode coming up um on tattooed children um uh so that'll be that'll be coming out uh, very soon so yeah um lots and lots of interesting and fun things we don't just talk about ink master all the time um we really hope that you subscribe and yeah follow me online uh, at matt Loder on twitter on instagram uh find me on uh hilltops mountainsides uh and um uh, at the bottom of the deep blue sea